I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the works that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And that is John chapter 17, verses 4 and 5. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, like always, the president, Steve Den Hartog. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back, and a happy new year. Yes, We indeed. are in 2021. 2020 is in the rear view mirror. <laughs> to say goodbye to 2020. COVID year. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm sure everybody uh, is glad that... Uh, 2020 is behind us and over with and we will see what god has in store in 2021 i i i'm excited for I am too. for what's going to happen this year especially here at bridge and 2020 Ministry. had a lot of good things associated uh, with it too as well so. a- absolutely i i i honestly with even though there has been uh a lot of heartache uh i know that people out there who are listening probably have lost a loved one and um, uh, and we've been praying for you throughout the year, um, and, and hope that uh, we all rest in in God and Amen. what He's done. Um, not to minimize anything, of course, but uh, um, it's a new year, and let's get excited. And like you said, the Lord did a lot of good things, especially here at Bridge in 2020. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been raising for a building fund, mm-hmm. and that has been going great. Um, and we still are. Uh, we're going to be uh, 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 redirecting our focus uh, in on other areas in the ministry, uh, but uh, we are looking forward to hopefully get this uh, building uh, here in 2021 and get all the exciting things that we have been talking about in 2020 with the seminary, a new place, just... Uh, yeah. Just a lot of things. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Yeah, and all the content that we've been releasing has just been absolutely great. And it's been great to see how the Lord has just used this past year to bring people to Himself. Yeah, and to you know allow those spiritual conversations to happen mm. with people. Yeah, so absolutely. And uh, and for our listeners all over the globe, uh, it's been a blessing. We picked up a lot of just people overseas. So thank you for listening. Uh, it is humbling that uh just to be in this little small room just some good old boys in texas yeah just some good boys in south texas um just talking about just god and 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 bringing on authors and and just thank you for you guys for just listening so today guys you guys heard the song so we're gonna be doing a body of divinity um by thomas watson i was gonna say sir thomas watson i don't know why but i don't think he was sir thomas um so again we're gonna be traveling back in time over 300 years uh so hopefully you guys have gone back and started uh listening to the other body of divinity episode which is 142 149 and 151 uh, so if you guys just want to start listening to those and just catch up, please do so. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. All right, Steve. All right. Let's why don't get we? Into it. Why don't we get? Why don't we get started here? And um, you want to give us a refresher how we ended uh, sure. episode one fifty one? So we have been working on. The first 
chapter, which is actually still the introduction mm. chapter. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Q&A is from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, right? The first question and answer. What is the chief end of man? And the answer is twofold. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so we have been talking about the last few times about uh, the first part of that answer, which is man's chief end is to glorify God. Mm. And so today we are actually on what Thomas Watson calls the uses Mm. of glorifying God. So we've got uh, starting out with use one of glorifying God. He says, this subject shows us that our chief end should not be to get great estates, not to lay up treasures upon earth, which is the degeneracy of mankind since the fall. And then he says, sometimes they never arrive at any state. They do not get the venison they hunt for. Mm. If they do, what have they? That which will not fill the heart any more than the mariner's breath will fill the sails of a ship. Yeah, and then he goes on to say, they spend their time as Israel in gathering straws, but remember not that the end of living is to glorify God. And he and he is quoting, uh, he's talking about Ecclesiastes 5.16. Mm. What profit has he that laboreth for the wind? These things are soon gone. Yes. I mean, I mean, these when we did our Ecclesiastes studies, no. I mean, you talk about just hitting truth in your face about you know, chasing everything in this world and not satisfying anything. And isn't know. that something we can we can uh, relate to from our own lives? I know you. I know you can. Yeah, I can. Like, I know we, we've talked about it. Yeah. But it is that uh, that pursuit of those things that never satisfy. And and I and I love that he he's using Ecclesiastes. You know, he he he's uh, you know rabbinic tradition says that it's Solomon, which I, we believe that it right. is. And if you're reading Ecclesiastes, I mean, this guy had the best of everything. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not trying like, uh, select choice meats. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not quoting a certain person, but he's trying the prime. The wine is the best. The meat is the best. The real estate is the best. The gold is the best. And it's all futile and empty. He's finding it empty. Yeah. Nothing satisfies. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, he goes on to use two. He says, uh, and used to, it reproves such as br- as to bring no glory to God who do not answer the end of their creation, whose time is whose time is not time lived, but time lost, who mm. are like the wood of the vine. Yeah. Who, he, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, he just goes on to uh, say later on, he says, the parable of the talents where the men with the five Mm. talents and the two talents are brought to a reckoning, evidently shows that God will call you to a strict account to know that you have traded with your talents or to know you that how you have traded with your talents and what glory you have brought to him. Mm. Yeah. I I really like that. He, he was uh, quoting Esther and he was saying just a little bit above that. Mm. He goes, uh, God will one day ask such a question as King Asuerus did and that was Esther 6, what on what honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai? What honor has been done to me? Yeah. What revenues of glory have you brought into my ex, uh, exchequer, which is, I, I guess it is the department or office uh, during mid, medieval, medieval England, 
um, that there is no one here present but God and has put some capacity of glorifying him, the health that he has given you, the parts, the estates, the seasons of grace, all the opportunities put into your hand to glorify him and be assured he will call you to account to know what you have done with the mercies he's entrusted with you, what glory you have brought to him. Mm. And then it starts with the parable, what you just read. I I, I just needed to read that part because it, it just really just hit me like, yeah, that he has given us all these opportunities. Yeah. He's given us uh, health, uh, talents um, to do his work, yeah. to glorify him. And I'm going to have to give an account exactly. one day. And it was really convicting to read that. And I think for me, what was really convicting was where he ended up there. He says, it is not enough for the servant of the vineyard that he does no hurt in mm. the vineyard, that he does not break the trees or destroy the hedges. If he does not do service in the vineyard, he loses his pay. So if you do not good in your place, do not glorify God. You will lose your pay. You will miss your salvation. So he's just, he's, he's saying that it's not good enough to just sit back and relax and watch the world go by. You know, I'm secure in my salvation, so I'm not going to worry about what happens. What are we doing with what God has given to us? You know, those material and spiritual, those intellectual blessings, whatever they may be, you know, those gifts of service that we can give, what are we using them for? Yes. And and it, like I was reading this, like, yeah, what I'm, and, and, and again, for all you guys who are listening out there, this is not about a works, a works, mm, absolutely uh, not. A works yeah. faith about, about salvation. You know, this is not about works uh, in the sense that that will save you. All right. And that, that was a good example. I read that part with the vineyard and I was like, ah, so true. And Jesus gives very stern warnings about this. Mm. I mean, he ends this part. He's like, oh, think of this. All you that live unserviceably, Christ curse the barren fig tree. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Jesus gives warning about this. And, and we see even with the talents, what happens? He takes the one from the unfaithful servant and gives it to the person. Gives it to the one. Who yeah. Has. So yeah. that was really good. Yeah, it is. So he goes on to the second point under use two. It says it reproves such as are so far from bringing glory to God that they rob God of his glory. Mm. Um, quoting from Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. And then he says, if they have gotten an estate, they ascribe all to their own wit and industry. They set the crown upon their own head, not mm. considering that uh, that it's, it, it's God who gives it. Um, if they do any duty of religion, they look to their own glory, uh-huh. that they may be seen of men, that they may be set up upon a theater for others to admire and canonize them. Yeah, so again, redirecting where our glory, where the, uh, the affirmation goes. Does the, do we take it for ourselves, or are we giving it to God? And, and he, uh, Thomas Watton, Watson points out in Deuteronomy 8 that you just read, you know, that God has given you the power of wealth. Yeah. And he is. And if if you guys want to go back and read it, you know, it's one of my favorite verses. Uh, He's the one who gives you all this. And when you have eaten uh, and are fat, remember, he says, remember to give thanks to the Lord Mm. because it's him who has given you the power to do these things. So. Yeah. I, I, I really, really like that. 
for sure. He yeah. says, it reproves those who fight against God's glory. And then he says, his glory is much promoted by the mm. preaching of the word, which is his engine whereby he converts souls. Mm. Now such as would hinder the preaching of the word, fight against God's mm. glory. Mm-hmm. And then he quotes from First uh, Thessalonians mm. two sixteen, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, we want to make sure that we're not doing anything to hinder God's glory. No, and he gives an example of Diocletian, who raised up the tense persecution against the Christian, prohibiting church meetings, and would have the temples of the Christian to be raised Mm. down, and that is spelled R-A-Z-E-D, okay, to destroy. Such a hinder, such as a hinders preaching as the Philistines that stop the well, stop the well of the water of life. They take away the physician that shall heal the sin sick souls. Sin sick souls. And then he ends that part. If there be either justice in heaven or fire in hell, they shall not go unpunished. Yeah. So what Ooh. are we what are we doing to encourage other people who are bringing the gospel? Yes. Right. You know those people in foreign lands, missionaries, even our own ministers in mm-hmm. our own churches, you know, are we encouraging them with our words and with our prayers? And we talked about that in the first episode, 142, mm. when, you know, are we encouraging our our other pa- encouraging other pastors, other uh, lay leaders, other friends, other brothers and sisters, or are we being jealous exactly. of what they're doing yeah. for the kingdom? Absolutely. We all work for the same king, yet we are always worrying about, oh, this guy is doing better than me and start getting jealous or whatever it is. He's getting more recognition yeah. than I am. Yeah. You know, it's and, so wrong. Yeah. And, and we have to, guys. We have to just recognize that God has given each of us certain gifts, and we need to operate out of those gifts. Amen. So. Yep. And so then he goes on to use three, and that is use three of the glorifying of God. Um, He says, exhortation is use three. Let every one of us in our place make it our chief end Mm. and design to glorify God. Let me speak to magistrates. Those are people who are in uh, authority Mm. over us. Mm. God has put much glory upon them. Mm. Um, And then he goes on to say, will they not glorify him who has put so much glory upon them? Mm. And then number two, ministers should study to promote God's glory. God has entrusted with them with two of the most precious things his truth and the souls of his people that that is very convicting you're a pastor out there you're a shepherd you know listen i mean you have been entrusted with the soul of his people not your people his people Mm -hmm. they're his sheep absolutely and you're just a you're just a, a lowly shepherd taking care of it and i think it really puts a burden on people who are in places of authority as well, who are not even in the ministry. You know, if, yeah. if you claim to be a Christian and you're in a place of authority, wherever that may be in the business world, in the political world, whatever, you know, you have an obligation there to reflect uh, God's grace and to be obedient to his call, to do your work well, to do it um, honestly. Yeah. And unto the Lord. Absolutely. Um, it's it's something that I have to remind myself every day, mm. and you too, Steve. You you're you're running a ministry here, and 
And I know that that's a burden on you, a good burden that you're just say, hey, Absolutely. this is for this is for his glory. You know, I'm sure when you're like sitting in systematic theology and, and maybe two people show up, you know, and right. you're just probably like, oh, man, like, why am I doing this? But I know I know the time that you and Leanne spend even in other Bible studies that you do. I mean, yeah, I, I really hope that you have a bigger mansion than me in, uh, <laughs> in, in heaven, which we'll, we'll talk about a little I'll, bit. I'll have you over. <laughs> yeah. 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 With, with some some delicious uh, some spiced wine. There you go. <laughs> Oh man, that is great. Uh, yeah, he get and 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 he goes on to say in the next page, he's praying or preaching. Minister must glorify God mm. by their zeal and their sanctity. Yeah, he said it's some. He says the priests under the law, he, and he's given an example of of uh, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the people of the law. The priests under the law before they served at the altar, uh, washed in the laver, uh, so such to serve in the Lord's house must. Uh, in the Lord's house must first be washed from the gross sins in the uh, laver of repentance or the, am I pronouncing that right? Laver or the laver. laver. Yeah. Um, it is a matter of grief and shame to think how many who call themselves minister instead of bringing glory to God, dishonor him. Second Corinthians six fifteen. their lives as well as their doctrine are heterodox they are not free from sin, which they reprove in others. And then he goes on to give some example, you know, uh, you who, who you tell people not to steal, you steal. You know, he was using some example. Right. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about the masters of families mm, as well. Must that's glorify good. God. Must yes. season their children and servants with the knowledge of the Lord. Their houses should be little churches. I love that. Yeah. You know. Our houses are little churches, and we as the husbands, as the fathers, as the leaders in our families should view our families, view our houses in that way, as little churches unto the Lord. Be shepherds unto your home. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really, really love that section. And he, and he says, I know that Abraham will command his children that they may keep the way of the Lord. You that are masters have a char- a charge of souls for want of the bridle of the family uh, discipline. Youth run mm, wild. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes on to say, it will be a great comfort in a dying hour to think we have glorified God mm. in our lives. And then he says, what is one the better for an estate that is spent, but to have conscience telling you that you have glorified God on the earth what sweet comfort and peace will this let into your soul? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What peace we will have at that time when it comes to the end. I mean, you know, knowing that we have glorified God in everything. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, bring up any names, but we've had conversations just recently about people who, you know, start well, but then end, you know, by mm. imploding. And what does that do to their ministry? Yeah. You know, what kind of a testimony is that long term? And so I think, uh, you know, just that encouragement to not only start well, but to continue and to finish well. And, and that's why Paul calls it a race, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And he goes on to, and he gives an example the servant that has been 
all day working in the vineyard longs till evening evening comes when he shall receive his pay how long who have lived and brought no glory to god think of dying with comfort mm. can you imagine that in your deathbed no and not like all this time that you have been given and you cannot think any way that you have glorified god yeah. And then I, I mean, I hope I can make this statement and say we should really be making sure that we're in the faith and see if you really are mm-hmm. one of his uh, children. Yeah, it's good to examine ourselves from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought that that was, I thought that was good. They cannot, ex- they cannot accept a harvest where they sow no seed. How can they expect a glory from God who never brought any glory to Him? Oh, and what horror would they be at death? The worms of conscience will gnaw their souls before the worms can gnaw their body. Mm. Yeah. yeah, guys. Um, you know, I read this and I'm just thinking about my own life. You know, I can't help but think of my own life. And and like we just said earlier, like, what am I doing for our Lord, our Savior? Not to accept me, but to glorify him in everything that he's given mm-hmm. us. Because of what he's done for us, mm-hmm. right? Again, it's not to earn our salvation. Correct. The indicative is always before the imperative, yes. right? What God has done for us in Christ, that is what motivates us. And that's the reason why we want to make sure that we glorify him. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, and, we just, and I'm just trying to make that clear. I don't want right. anybody on the other end of this podcast. Right feeling anxious or like, oh man, I got to do all this God for God to accept me. Right. No. If you're a true Christian, you know that that's not how we are saved. Your justification is completely the work of God. And mm-hmm. if you're in him, then that's why we live in a way that pleases him in a way that wants to glorify him. Yeah. It's by faith and faith only. Amen. So going on to the second half of the answer. To the question, what is the chief end of man? That second half is to enjoy him forever, mm. right? After glorifying him, we are to we want to enjoy him forever. So that takes us to, to point number two in Thomas Watson's outline here. It says, man's chief end is to enjoy God forever. And he quotes from psalm uh, what 123 is 123 verse 25 mm-hmm. he says whom have i in heaven but thee that is what is there in heaven i desire to enjoy but thee mm. there's a twofold fruition of enjoying of god the one in this life and the other in the life to come yeah i was thinking about that and, and he goes on to say the enjoyment of god in this life it's a great matter to enjoy God's ordinance, but to enjoy God's presence in the ordinance is that which a gracious heart aspires after. To see thy glory, so I have seen thee in the sanctuary. The sweet enjoyment of God is when we feel his spirit cooperating with the ordinance and the stealing grace upon our hearts. When the word of the spirit quickens and raises the affections, and he's quoting uh, Luke uh, twenty four thirty two, did not our did not our hearts burn within us when the Spirit transformed the heart, leaving an impress impress of holiness upon it? Mm. Yeah, 
And he says, when the spirit revives the heart with comfort, it comes Mm. not only with its anointing, but with its seal. It sheds God's love abroad in the heart. Do you, do you, I think the question we all have to ask ourselves, do you know that love in your heart, Mm. right? Do, Do you have that love of God in your heart that just gives us that peace that passes understanding? And, and I like when he said, in, in, when we just read, when you just read the beginning, what, what is there in heaven? And, um, I was, when I was reading that part, I was like, when I'm thinking about heaven, am I thinking about the things that I will be doing and enjoying in heaven? Or am I, the most important thing is enjoying him and glorifying him. Yeah. Where are my thoughts in that? Cause I, I'll, I, I joke around a lot about that. I was like, oh man, when I get to heaven, you know, I can't wait to see my six pack, you know, looking all amazing, the you know, six pack abs, the six pack abs. Cause I'll be in per- perfection. You know, you know our, our sound engineer is laughing right now because you know, I'll say that, say, say that a lot, but, um, do we really think about heaven and just him? Yeah. Yeah, as he says here, he says the sweet communication of God's spirit are the first fruits of mm. glory. So having that communication, that intimacy with God and uh, worshiping him, falling at his at his throne and worshiping him, is that what, what we're spending our time thinking about mm-hmm. and looking forward to in glory? Or is it, you know, what we're going to be getting out of it? Yeah. And, and I know that I'm so guilty of that. Like I just said, we're thinking about what we're going to get out of heaven instead of what, uh, who God is and what we're going to be, because, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later as we go on just here about, yeah, we are going to get rewarded for the things that we've done on this earth, but those were those rewards that he's given us. We're going to turn around the crowns that he gives us. Yeah. We're turning around and give it back to him and place it on his feet because they're his. They're not ours. Right. So they came from him. They came from him. And then he goes on to use one under this section. He Mm. says, is the enjoyment of God in this life so sweet? How wicked are they who prefer the enjoyment of their lust before the enjoyment of God? Wow. From second Peter three, verse three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is the Trinity. They worship. Lust is an inordinate desire or impulse, provoking mm. the soul to that which is evil. Like you were just saying to the person that we would not mention who was in the ministry for so long, looks like lust mm. took a hold of him towards the end. He says, there is the revenge of lust and the wanton lust, lust like a feverish, feverish heat puts the soul into flame. Mm. He goes on to quote Aristotle called sensual lust, the brutish, because when any lust is violent, reason or conscience cannot be heard. Man. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you're just, it's just a description of, you know, this person that we've been talking about. Yeah. Recently. He goes, and he uses strong words here. He says, whoredom and wine take away the heart, the heart of anything that is good. How many make it their chief end not to enjoy God, but to enjoy their lust? Again, it's just such a warning to us. I think especially to us as men. He says here, these lusts besot and brutalize the man. Mm. Indeed they do. We always have to be aware of those lusts of the flesh. And, And they're there. 
Let's not pretend men, that they're not there. They're there. Yeah, every day. Mm. And then he goes on to use two. Let it be our great care to enjoy God's sweet presence mm-hmm. in his ordinances, or another way, way of saying that, his sacraments. Um, enjoying spiritual communion with God. He says, we may have the letter without the spirit, the visible sign without the invisible grace. It is the enjoyment of God in a duty that we should chiefly look at. So when we come together, you know, and we have that opportunity to enjoy communion, to partake in the Lord's Supper, it's not just a ritual that we should be performing to get, you know, to check it off the list, but something that really, that realigns our um, focus on Mm. God and uh, checks our relationship with him. You know, are there things in our, in our life that is keeping us from having that intimacy in there with him? Is, is there unconfessed sin that we need to acknowledge and that we need to take care of? And so those ordinances are really a reminder of God's grace towards us in Christ and uh, should draw us into a deeper uh, relationship with him, a deeper desire to glorify him in everything. I really like how he says just right after that, he says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Alas, what are all the worldly enjoyments without the enjoyment of God? Mm. We were just talking about Solomon about that. What is it to enjoy good health, a brave estate, and not to enjoy God? Job thirty twenty eight. I went into mourning without the sun, so mayest thou say the enjoyment of all creatures without God. I went into mourning without the sun. I have the starlight of outward enjoyment, but I want the sun of righteousness. It should, it should be our great design not only to have the ordinance of God, but the God of of the ordinance. It's all about him. What is our focus on? Is it on the ordinance? Is it on the ritual? Or is it on having God who is reflected, who is pointed to in that sacrament, in that ordinance? Yeah. And we we should really think about these things. This is why we're not skipping. Uh, We're not going to fly through this book. You know, like I have nowhere to be. I know that you don't have somewhere to be except just taking care of everything here. it's (laughs) It's such a blessing to be able to go through this Mm -hmm. in a way that uh, is so focused. And he, like he says here, how is the heart Mm. inflamed in prayer and meditation? And that's exactly what we do when we take our time to go through these things and to consider, you know, what it is that Mr. Watson is telling us and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us and guide us. What joy and peace is there in believing it is not comforter. It's not. It's not comfortable being in heaven. He that enjoys much of the the chiefly ambitions of the enjoyment of God in His ordinance, the enjoyment of God's sweet present here is in an earnest of enjoying of our enjoying Him in heaven. So then he says, this brings us to the second thing: the enjoyment of God in the life to come. <laughs> Man's chief end is to enjoy God forever before the plenary fruition of God in heaven, there must be something previous and antecedent, and that is our being in a state of grace. We must have conformity to him in grace before we can have communion with him in glory. And so grace precedes that glory, and that grace is something that God gives to us through his spirit and because of his son. Yeah. 
grace and glory are linked and chained together. That sounds like what Roman passage to you? Romans 8, 28. Mm, yeah. It, 29, All things work together for the good of those who love God and the, called according to his purpose. Yeah. And those who he called, he also justified. And who he justified, he yes. also... Pride. Yeah, I mean, it's all together. It is. It's a chain. It's the golden chain. Yeah. Yeah. She says, being thus divinely qualified by grace, we shall be taken up to the Mount of Vision and enjoy God forever. Mm. And what is enjoying God forever but to be in a state of happiness? Mm. And I don't think that we actually understand what that means to enjoy God forever. You know, because we live in such a a perspective of time, right? Temporal. Yeah. The beginning and end, mm. and we don't understand, I don't think, that eternal that we have to look forward to, that eternity with God. This is just a, it's a snap. Yeah. You know, in I mean, light of eternity. And yeah, and I always think about, I, I can't wrap my head around it, you know, eternity. I try to, but I can't. I'm, mm. fine, I'm finite. Um, but, um, but even if you live 80 years, mm. right, like you said, it's a blink, it's a snap, you know, in eternity. Yeah. Some people don't even get to live that long, yeah. you know. And where is our focus on? Is it on the things of the world or is it on God? Amen. And, and thinking beyond this life. Mm. I mean, there's going to come to a point where you're going to be sitting on your deathbed or something's going to happen and you're going to be like, you're about to meet your maker. Right. We hear that all the time. You're about to meet God, the one who our one true God and then be with him forever. Yeah. What are we doing now to prepare for that? Yeah. Things that we should be thinking about. Yes. It's and 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 I'm guilty of it, guys. I want you to hear this, that I don't do this perfectly. Amen. Going through this just reminds me that I need to get to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for absolutely. sure. Yeah. Uh, and he goes on uh, uh he I like that he's using King Asuerus again. He goes, as King Asuerus first caused the virgins to be purified and anointed, they had their sweet order to perfume them and then went to stand before the king, Esther 2.12. So must we have the anointing of God and be perfumed with the grace of the spirit, those sweet orders, and then we shall stand before the king of heaven, mm. being thus divinely qualified by grace, that we should be taking up to the Mount of Vision and enjoy God forever. Yeah, yeah. he says, God is the universal good. Bonum in quo omnia bona, a good in which are all goods. The excellencies mm. of the creatures are limited. A man may have health, not beauty, learning, not parentage, riches, not wisdom, but in God are contained all excellencies. He is good. Wow. Yeah. If we have him, what else do we need? Yeah. You're, we, we, I mean, this is just goes back. I mean, you, we just have him. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's the same, you know, it's all about him. It's good yeah. stuff. He says, God is perfect. The quintessence of good. He is mm. sweetness in the flower. God is a satisfying good. So if we have God, we have all we need. Even mm -hmm. if we have, you know, other good things in life, they aren't the the sum. You know, there's always, as he says, a little bit of gall 
in the drop of honey, right? Yep. And if we have God, we have all we need. Yeah. And so, that's just a, a different way of looking at things. Yeah. He, 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 he goes on to say, Solomon, who gave himself to find out the philosopher's stone to search out for happiness, here below he found nothing but vanity and vexation. Yeah. Take that. And then uh, I do like that he goes, let a man who is thirsty be brought to an ocean of pure water, and he has enough. If, he, if there be enough in God to satisfy the angel, then sure there is enough to satisfy us. Yeah. The soul is but finite, but God is infinite. Yeah, he says, fresh joys spring continually from his face. Mm. He, is an, he is as much to be desired after millions of years by glorified souls as at the first moment. There is a fullness in God that satisfies, and yet so much sweetness that the sto- soul still desires. God is a delicious <laughs> good. I, I underline that part. I really, I really like how he said that. God is a delicious good. And I can't even begin to wrap my mind around what it would be like to be in the presence of someone who, you know, I am just as excited to be in their presence after 10,000 years as I am in that first moment. You know, I mean, you meet somebody new, you meet somebody who's important or whatever, it's exciting. But after, honestly, you know, after a few hours, you'd probably get bored. Yeah. I mean... People get sick of me really quick, you know? I mean, if you know who I am, well, you're like, all right, I had enough of Abe. The sound engineer is <laughs> nodding his head. Yeah, yeah, because he's also my manager, so he knows. <laughs> At our office. Yeah, he wants, to, he wants to kill me sometimes, for sure. <laughs> I really like how he said, there is a certain sweetness about God's person which delights, nay, rather ravish the soul. The love of God drops such infinite... Uh, uh, a suavity into the soul mm. as is unspeakable and full of glory. If there be so much delight in God, when we see him only by faith, and that's first Peter one eight, mm. what will the joy of vision be when we shall see him face to face? Mm. Yeah. If the saints have found so much delight in God while they were suffering, Oh, what joy and delight will they have when they are being crowned? <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. He is better than anything that you can put in competition with him. He is better than health, riches, honor. Other things maintain life. He gives life. Who will put anything in the balance with the deity? Who will weigh a feather against a mountain of gold? God excels in all other things more infinitely than the sun, the light of a taper. God is an eternal good. He is the ancient of days, yet mm. never decays nor waxes old. He goes on, the uh, yeah, and he's quoting here Daniel. He's the joy he gives is eternal. The crown fadeth not away, 1 Peter 5, 4. The glorified soul shall be ever solacing itself in God, feasting in his love, and stunning itself in the light of his countenance. Yeah. God is the superlative good. He's good, and we, we need to remember that. I'm just kind of just, I've already read this, and I'm reading again, and I'm just like, keep blown away. Um, so then he goes on to use one. Mm. So he has the uses here. He has three uses. Use number one, he says, let it be the chief end of our living to enjoy this chief good hereafter. 
Mm. Augustine reckons up to 288 opinions among philosophers about happiness, but all were short of the mark. The mm. highest elevation of a reasonable soul is to enjoy God forever. It is the enjoyment of God that makes heaven. And he says, to set out this excellent state of a glorified soul's enjoyment of God, number one, it must not be understood in a sensual manner. Yeah. Yeah. And and he gives an example. He says, we will not uh, conceive any carnal pleasures in heaven. Mm. He says, the Turks in the Quran speak of a paradise of pleasure where they have riches in abundance and red wine served in golden ch- golden chalices. The epicures of this age would like, like such a heaven when they die. Though the state of glory uh, be compared to a feast, and it is set out by pearls and precious stone. Yet these metaphors are only helps to our faith and to show us that there is a super abundant joy and a felicity in the highest level, but they are not carnal, but spiritual delights. Yeah. We're we're, not talking about sensual pleasures here per se. Yeah. Like, what is it like? How many 99 virgins? Yeah. Virgins. Yeah. That's not what, uh, yeah, and we were just talking about that earlier. Is you know, what when I think of heaven, am I thinking about God or am I thinking about the things that I'm gonna right. have in heaven? Right. And I mean, yes, we'll have those things. You know, I joked about earlier that I think your mansion is gonna be bigger than mine, or your. I mean, that's a King James version of mansion. I know that it's, <laughs> it's a dwelling place. Oh, man. Hey, if it's a tiny home, I don't care. If I'm in heaven, if I'm in the presence of the Lord, it'll be good. And, and that's and that's enough. Amen. That's enough, you know, and and it's and it, it will be him who will uh, glorify us and reward us. And not what I want is what what he's going to do. But Amen. and then he goes on to give point number two. He says, we shall have a lively sense of this glorious estate. Amen. Mm. In a lethargy, though alive, is as good as dead, because he is not sensible, nor does he take any pleasure in his life. But we shall have a quick and lively sense of the infinite pleasure which arises from the enjoyment of God. We shall know ourselves to be happy. Wow. Wow. We shall reflect with joy upon the dignity and felicity. We shall taste every crumb of that sweetness, every drop of that pleasure which flows from God. Wow. Are we thinking about this stuff? No. Not enough, not often enough anyway. Yeah. Yeah, are we I I really f- listeners, Christian out there, Christians. Let's think about these things. Yeah. We have a wonderful God. We have a powerful God. We have a God who uh took took a, took us out of darkness and saved us. Yeah. It was his yeah. calling, not ours. And, 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 and I just think about what heaven, as we're talking about that, that we are going to enjoy him forever, but we're also going to enjoy each other in perfection and in love. I mean, that, that, that I have a hard time wrapping my head around to as well, that I'm going to be able to love, uh, people in heaven perfectly Mm, because I just can't do it now. Yeah. Without any anger, without any jealousy, without any lust, lust. anything. Yeah. Just, I, you know, and man, that's, I don't know what that's going to look like, yeah. but it would be cool. Yeah. 
And then he goes on point number three. He says, uh, we shall be made able to bear a sight of that glory. And I think that's a good point. Mm. You know, he says, we could not now bear that glory. It would mm. overwhelm us. <laughs> a weak eye cannot behold the sun, you know, and that's something we don't think about. We'll be able to bear the sight of that glory. And he gives the example of Moses. Moses in in a cliff of the rock saw the glory of God passing by, Exodus 33, 22. From our blessed rock, Christ, we shall behold the beatific sight of God. And then point number four, this enjoyment of God shall be more than a bare contemplation of him. Um, Some of the learned move the question whether the enjoyment of God shall be the Way of contemplation only, that is something, but it is only half of heaven. There shall be a loving of God, an acquiescence Mm. in him, a tasting his sweetness, not only inspection, but possession. Wow. (sighs) Boom. They may be, they, that they may behold my glory. There is an inspection, verse 22, and the glory thou hast given me, I have given them. There is a possession Glory shall be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. Not only revealed to us, but in us. As as a sponge sucks in the wine, so we shall suck in glory. (laughs) I love the way he puts (laughs) that. That that, that was good. And then he goes on to point number five. He says, there is no intermission in this state of glory. Wow. You know, we don't have any intermissions. We don't have any any downtime. It's just all going to be an opportunity to enjoy the glory of God. I'm just thinking of, uh, is it the seraphims Mm. in Isaiah when he sees and all they're doing is all day long, all day, all day saying glory, 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 glory. Hmm. There's no stoppage. Yeah. Yeah. He says, there shall not be one minute in heaven wherein a glorified soul may say, I do not enjoy happiness. The streams of glory are not like the water of a conduit, often stopped, so that we cannot have one drop of water, but those heavenly streams of joy are continually running. Oh, how should we despise this valley of tears where we are, where we now are, for the amount of transfiguration. How should we long for the full enjoyment of God in paradise? Had we had sights of the land, the land of the promise, we should need patience to be content to live here any longer. Mm, yeah, that's the truth. It brings absolutely what Paul says, to live is Christ and to die mm-hmm. is gain. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so much to look forward to. Yeah, and, he didn't, and Paul didn't want to even be here. Right. You know? But it was for our sake that he wanted to remain. For the benefit of those yeah, around him, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on to use two. He says, let this be a spur to duty. How diligent and zealous should we be in glorifying God wow. that we may come at last to enjoy him. He says, if anything can make us rise off our bed of sloth and serve God with all our might, it should be this, the hope of our near enjoyment of God forever. Hmm. He goes on to quote Paul, I labor more abundantly than they all. His obedience did not move slow as a sum on a dial, but swift as the light from the sun. 
Why was he so zealous in glorifying God, but that that he might be last center and terminate terminate in him? First Thessalonians four seventeen. Then shall we ever be with the Lord? So let it spur us to duty. Yeah. Oh boy. Again, our life now is a preparation for eternity. So what are we doing with it? And it's 2021, guys. It's it's a new year. Yeah. It's a new year. We can let's reset everything. You know, if you haven't been, I mean, it's been a tough year. We we've all have been going through, but I think for 2021, uh, I think we reset how we are thinking about glorifying God. Mm. You know, in love. Amen. You know, not this, not this burden. You know, not this legalistic burden of doing works. Amen. Let it be a delight. Let it be a delight. And mm. it truly is. Mm-hmm. You know, pick up a copy. Pick up a copy of this book. <laughs> yeah. It will. It will convict you. Yeah. But it will spur you on. And that's, you know, that's what I love about the exhortation in this book. It yeah. really encourages me as well. Yeah. And, and and I hope you guys are really listening. And, you know, you know, somebody might say, this is boring. I, what are they talking about? I, I, I really hope that you guys get this book, you know, and, and we're doing our best to just go through this book, you know, point by point, you know, and if you can just grab the book and follow us along as we're doing the podcast, that'll help too. Absolutely. But I mean, we haven't even, I mean, we haven't, we only gotten 24 pages through this book and it's just been, we're still on chapter one. We're still on chapter one and just all the things that we've already talked about and we still got to go through a hundred, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Almost 300 pages. Wow. (laughs) We'll be here until Jesus comes again. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Hey, I hope he he comes when we're doing this podcast. Amen. That that would be awesome. So let's land this plane. Yes. Let's let's, uh, head to use three. He says, let this comfort the godly in all the present miseries they feel. Thou complainest, Christian, thou dost not enjoy thyself, fears disquiet thee, wants perplex thee in the day thou canst not enjoy ease, in the night thou canst not enjoy sleep, thou dost not enjoy the comforts of thy life. Let this revive thee that shortly thou shalt enjoy God, and then shalt have more than thou canst ask or think. Thou shalt have angels, joy, glory, without intermission or expiration. We shall never enjoy ourselves fully Till we enjoy God eternally. I love that. Yeah. Last line. What a way to end that. Again, it just goes to show that God created us and we were created for that purpose of knowing him and enjoying him. Right. And then sin got in the way, Mm -hmm. but God provided a means to reconcile us, to restore that relationship. And, uh, we shall never fully enjoy ourselves until we enjoy God eternally. Yeah. And, you know, we always, sh- and, and, and that's the first, um, first part you're, you're sharing the gospel Amen. So, is that there's the bad news, right? Yes. That we have sinned against a holy God, right? We were at war with him, but the good news that, that we have is in Christ. Amen. And what he's done for us on the cross fulfilling everything that's required from God, the father, so that 
he may bring salvation to us. Yep. He reconciled us to himself through Christ. Through Christ, by faith, by grace, through faith. Amen. You know, and and, and for our listeners out here uh, for 2021, if you just stumble upon this podcast and don't know who, who Christ is, you know, please, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Here at Bridge, you know, we will be more than happy to talk to you about Christ, about Jesus, our Savior, because your time is limited on this earth. And, and we are here for him to share the good news to everybody Amen. around, around the world. We'll send you some resources. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you guys get an opportunity, pick up this book and, 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 and start, and, and start a, a study group, you, you know, with some people like, please don't get discouraged about the number of pages. You know, we, you don't know what something like this could, could impact somebody. And you perpetuate this, you know, Amen. like, like we make disciples, keep making disciples, grab some people, read this, go through this. I've been encouraged going through this book. I've been reminded, reminded and convicted of the things that I am not doing mm. and the things that I should be doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can pick up the book at uh, banner of truth mm-hmm. or contact us here. We have copies we can send you as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Absolutely. And um, and we would be more than happy to send it anywhere in the world. We've done this before. You know, we'll send you the book. We were sending some books out to like uh, Australia uh, uh, last year a couple of yeah, times. That's right. Yeah. And I think we sent some in Europe, like yeah. it's all over the place. So please reach out to us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode. Uh, the A Body of Divinity by Thomas Watness. Thomas Watson, again, by Banner of Truth. And I hope that this year is going to be a a good year, a great year, and how we glorify God. Amen. (laughs) And like we always like to end the show, guys, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy New Year's. Until next week, guys. Bye-bye.